Hi everyone! Before I start this week's episode, I wanted to talk to you about an affiliate. I'm excited to connect you with Deb Flaschenberg. She is a gifted yoga teacher and a leader in the prenatal yoga field. Deb has created a self-guided online course called Who's Afraid of the Pregnant Yogi? And it's meant to help yoga teachers integrate prenatal modifications into an open-level yoga class so they can truly be seen as an expert. This training is essential for every yoga teacher who wants to make their classes warm and inclusive for everyone. I believe in Deb's work so much, she was a teacher of mine actually for both my pregnancies, that I jumped at the chance to be an affiliate. So you can check it out at... Who's Afraid of the Pregnant Yogi.com. And when you sign up using my code, Kids Podcast, you will also receive special access to a one hour prenatal yoga class, perfect for seeing the pregnant student move through a whole yoga class. Again, that was code Kids Podcast. Thanks, everyone. to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and welcome to the show. This week, I am joined by Christy Kappa. Christy is a kids yoga and mindfulness teacher, wellness coach, mom of two little girls, and former nurse. Christy is also the founder of Wondergrade, a program she created to help parents bring yoga mindfulness, and social-emotional teaching into their family's existing routines. Through creating content kids love and can relate to, and empowering parents to teach it, Christy intends to help create a kinder, more resilient, and compassionate next generation. Christy, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. So I found you via Instagram, and I I found, honestly, your posts really stand out to me, the, the whole aesthetic that you have with your company, Wondergrade. So I do look forward to talking about that. But um, before we get there, I wanted to kind of start at the beginning. And if you can just tell me a little bit about how you found kids yoga and mindfulness, what became, what um, brought you there? Why were you interested in it? Yeah, so um, my journey with kids yoga and mindfulness actually started with my own kids. So I'm a mom of a four and six-year-old. And when my oldest daughter was just turned three, she started struggling with pretty severe anxiety and was having panic attacks. And it was just really difficult for our family um, and for my mom, for me as a mom to see her struggle. Um, so I started looking around for some kind of coping techniques for her and some tools. And I, I practiced yoga and mindfulness myself, and I had found a lot of um, kind of peace and that was really helpful for me. So I wanted to try to see if I could incorporate that into her life. And so I started looking around and I put her in a little preschool yoga class and did some meditation with her. And I was just absolutely blown away by how impactful it was um, in her life and how much the yoga calmed her, how settled she was, how regulated she was. And I remember just sitting in a class one day, in her class, um, watching as the teacher was 
doing the kind of closing routine. And I just started crying watching all these sweet little three to five-year-olds sitting there um, connecting with their body and their breath. And I just had this moment that I was like, I, more kids need access to this. And at that point, there are a lot more kids that wanted yoga than there were teachers. And so I got certified as a kids yoga and mindfulness teacher, and I started teaching classes. And I have just fallen in love with it from there. My journey just kind of took off um, the moment that I saw that. I saw the, how impactful it was for kids. That's amazing how you found it um, through searching for your daughter and then seeing that class. Now, you are in Portland, Oregon. What's the kids' yoga scene like there? Is it pretty popular? Um, in Portland, it is, yeah. Um, it's getting more and more popular now. When, Like I said, when, I, when my daughter started about four years ago, it was kind of a new concept. A lot of people um, just thought it was kind of cute that, oh, kids can do yoga, how fun. And then now, especially in these times with the pandemic, um, parents, as parents are searching for more tools to incorporate with their helping their kids finding like regulation and calming tools, yoga is definitely becoming something that people are a lot more interested in and are looking for um, to teach their kids. And it's becoming a lot more mainstream, I think. Yes. Right. That's great to hear. That's what I've been asking people from all over. And it's kind of a, the same thing. The last four years or so, um, it's just starting to take off. And then yeah. now it's needed more than ever. Yeah. And when did you first start practicing yoga yourself? And what, what is your yoga practice like? So I actually started practicing yoga um, when I was in college. I was after our, I was in a car accident and I was having some really bad back pain. So my doctor suggested yoga. At that time, I didn't know anything about yoga. I mean, I knew of it, but I had never done it before. But I, I was in a lot of pain, so I decided to give it a shot. And I did get a lot of the physical benefits, um, you know, increased flexibility, and I became stronger. And so I continued doing it for a while for the physical benefits. And then I fell in love with yoga, and yoga became a really important piece of my life and my journey when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. And I was recommended again by my OB for, um, to do prenatal yoga for the physical benefits. And so I started going to a class and I just fell in love with it. I, that was the first time that I was introduced to this concept of looking inward, connecting with our breath and, um, you know, working on acceptance and really connecting with, um, with my body. And from that point on, I, have had yoga as a really important piece of my practice. And I started adding meditation as well. And my husband always would joke with me about how um, my yoga instructor was my therapist because I just would go to yoga and I'd come home just feeling so refreshed and centered. And from that point on, yoga has just become this huge part of my life. And yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about... Um did, did you have a moment where you were noticing that the techniques that you saw your daughter being taught were similar to what you were learning and um, you felt like, oh, something connected there? Yeah. Um, I feel like when I saw her kind of connecting with um, her, the realization that she had some power over her own experience emotionally and physically and that when she 
that she was kind of in control of her responses. And, you know, if an emotion would come to her or a feeling would come to her, you know, like I said, she had a lot of anxiety. So she struggled a lot with fears. Um, and a lot of times they were pretty irrational fears. And so when something would come to her and she could stop and actually do something, do either a yoga pose or a meditation or a calm down tool or skill that we learned, um, and that that could actually impact how she was feeling physically, that was this really incredible concept for both of us. Um, that was something that I didn't learn as a kid. Um, I didn't learn those skills. And so this ability that we can actually like proactively regulate our physical experience and our emotional experience was something that I was amazed that a child that young could learn. And also I was amazed that I could do that. So we kind of, we were learning those processes and those skills together, I think, as we were, um, started learning yoga. Right, right. It's, that's such a beautiful thing that you can learn that together. And I always say, I wish I had yoga when I was your daughter's age. It's so great that we can <laughs> pass it on to young kids, you know, yeah, <laughs> our exactly. lives would be different. <laughs> exactly. I can, I'm excited to hear about more about your business, Wonder Grade. So um, why did you start it? And can you tell me just a little bit about it? Yeah. So again, um, so WonderGrade is a program that I developed um, really to help empower parents to bring the skills of mindfulness and yoga, um, which I call in my business, I call just mindful movement um, and calm down and regulation skills and emotional learning into their own kids' daily routines. So I originally developed, like I said, I developed a lot of the concepts um, for my own daughter when she started struggling. Um, she did join a yoga class, and I was seeing how impactful that was for her, and I wanted to introduce her to more tools, especially around um, regulation and calming techniques. And so I started looking around because she was, you know, around three and a half at that point. And I started looking around for some more mindfulness, um, meditation, and regulation tools. And I was really disappointed and discouraged from what I found or didn't find. And I ran into a few problems that the content that I did find, even if it was um, marketed towards young kids, I found that it was really over her head and complicated. It used language that she didn't understand as a three-year-old or concepts she didn't understand. And also she wasn't interested. It, was, it wasn't marketed towards, or it wasn't um, focused on engaging really young kids. And it also, at that time, I had a three-year-old with anxiety and a one-year-old and a dog, and life was just busy. And it just seemed impossible to try to incorporate this brand new concept and teach this concept into my family. It just seemed really hard and complicated. And also I found that most of everything at that point was really geared towards older kids, um, like grade school curriculum kids. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and create tools for her. So I took tools that I found um, either that I was currently using or that were made for older kids, and I um, interpreted them and changed them so that they applied to her. So we used a lot of um, stories and visuals and almost everything involved in animal. She was really into animals. And um, we just I just kind of played around with how I could interpret these kind of complicated topics into three-year-old language. And as I did that, I just saw how she was able to practice these um, skills that I had I did not think that a kid that young could practice. And as I did that, 
um, I started talking to other moms and other, you know, people in my community. And I just kept hearing that same narrative over and over again of parents saying like, yeah, I would love that, but my kid's too young. Or I don't, I don't know how I could ever teach my kid yoga. That's too complicated. Or I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. I could never do that. And I was sitting here and I was just a normal mom with two little kids. I wasn't a yoga teacher. I wasn't a therapist. And I was still finding these really fun, creative ways to teach my kids these concepts. And I, so I just knew it could be done. And I wanted every parent to feel as empowered as I did. And I wanted parents to feel equipped to teach their own kids these skills. And so I started creating this content and then I turned it into a business and a program where now I'm able to offer um, those skills and that teaching and training for families all over. And I saw you also have an app that is going to be coming out in the fall. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, the app that we are um, releasing in the fall, I'm really excited about it. So it's going to be called the Wonder Great app. And we've been working on it um, for a little over maybe two years. So it's been a lot of work and love in the process. Um, so it's the vision of the app is that it serves as a kind of a companion tool for parents on their journey to bring these skills of mindfulness and mindful movement um, and calm down and regulation skills into their kids' existing routines. So it's um, a collection of simple calm down tools. Um, it has kids guided meditations. It has some yoga videos or movement videos. Um, and then a big section called Meet My Feelings, which is all about how to recognize, name, and regulate various, various feelings. Um, and all of that content is very specific towards um, young kids. So it's all, like I said, it's animated. Um, none of it requires any literacy skills. Everything is paired with, um, with some pretty strong recognizable visuals, bright colors. And then what I feel like is so special about the app and what um, gets me so excited about getting this out into the world is that every activity that we offer on the app is also paired with a teaching tool for parents. So... I really want every parent, um, no matter what their background is, to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can see how, how I can bring this into my family's life. And I want every parent to feel really successful at the end of the day. So we have the science behind um, how this is actually working in your kid's brain or body so that parents don't have to go and do their own research on it. And tips on how you can use each activity in your kid's life. Um, we also have like a section to um, schedule reminders so parents can um, get some help developing routines and kind of do some habit stacking. And then my favorite tool or my favorite feature on the app is that um, we have a toolbox section where kids are able to add um, the, to the calm down skills and regulation tools um, that they really related to and like and have practice. And they can add this to their toolbox then so then the parents and the kids have a shared place where they can keep um, stored these techniques and skills that they've already both of them learned they have a shared language around it they both know how to use it and it's already been practiced so that they can pull that out in a time of crisis when a kid is having a meltdown or having an anxiety attack or just needs to calm down at bedtime there's a place that have um, that has skills that both the parents and the kids have already practiced and agreed that they like so that um, and everything is very approachable easy to use it's simple and so yeah, that's coming in September. We've been working um, on that content for a while and I'm just really excited about how it's coming together. It's still in the development phase, but it is 
you're almost there to bring it out to the public. So there's so much about this that excites me. Very so first of all, I have a daughter who's four, I have a son who's one. So my daughter's like right in this age group that you're talking about. (laughs) I know. And I I have a dog. So I'm like, I get it. (laughs) You're describing the busyness and having the intention to want to share, share practices or deal with big feelings in a certain way, but just not having the stamina or energy as a parent. Mm -hmm. So what you're describing, it just sounds very doable and not intimidating. And then also, it is exciting because like you said, I have found most mindfulness for kids is geared towards the school age. So there's not as much for their age. And then the other thing is sometimes my daughter wants my phone and she wants to play a game or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, how awesome would it be if I had this app? And this was one of her choices that she could do. (laughs) It would just be... Yeah. And it sounds like just the visuals, I'm sure she would love it. So it just, it, you know, technology can be difficult, but this sounds like there's this other side to technology where it can be so beneficial and it just sounds like, uh, super exciting. I I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And right now, I mean, technology has become such a huge part of our lives right now, whether, you know, for better or for worse, like the pandemic and with the online learning and, um, yeah, like you said, it's just going to be really cool to have another option, like a more intentional option where kids can be having fun and enjoying themselves and also learning these really important lifelong skills. Yes. And so speaking of the pandemic that we're currently in, how have you adapted um, the other parts of your business that were in person? How have you kind of pivoted during this time? So the pandemic completely flipped my business upside down, which I think it did for most people. Um, yes. So the biggest thing is I wasn't able to offer online or not online in like in person classes anymore. Um, so I switched my focus of you know getting classes filled and developing. I was really working on developing partnerships with preschools um, and daycares and grade schools. And I changed that more into focusing on developing relationships with families and empowering families and bringing that energy into the home. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, parents, I feel like during this pandemic, parents were really asked to step into a lot of roles that they previously previously hadn't done before, or mm-hmm. even thought that they could do before. At least I I was. Um, So overnight, we became teachers and coaches and therapists, and I kind of wanted to um, expand on that and empower parents because all of a sudden, we were asked to teach all of our kids these things and be like the number one main adult in their life. And I really wanted to help parents gain these tools and incorporate these things into their kids' life during during this time. So I feel like my biggest changes I changed from focusing more on teaching the kids to really helping parents teach their kids. So instead of me personally um, teaching the kids, I, ha- I want to teach parents how to do it. And I really feel like the longer I have that focus, I feel really grateful that I was able to kind of change that because I feel like I can have a lot bigger impact on future generations as I'm empowering parents and the ripple effect of that I feel like is going to be really powerful. And I can reach a lot more kids that way. 
Right. So you, I saw on your website, you're, it's parent coaching. So what does that look like exactly for people that are interested? Yeah. So what that looks like is um, I offer one-on-one um, parent coaching. So people that are interested in um, taking the concept and concepts and tools that I offer um, and really if they're struggling coming up with kind of a way to incorporate in their specific family. I know every kid is different. Every family is different. So I offer a lot of these tools and tips and kind of ways to problem solve. And if you're looking for um, some encouragement and some um, help kind of figuring out how logistically you can get that going in your own family, how you can set up routines, how around your um, own kid's lifestyle, how you can problem solve if you have a kid that not really, you know, you're having a hard time with buy-in with your kids or you're having a hard time um, kind of getting over that, your own mental barriers of um, how you incorporate this. I kind of just work one-on-one with each family in their specific situation to um, come up with a plan so that you're successful. That's so needed right now. I think we all need as much support as possible. And so to... Kind of get that outside perspective too. Some, you know, when you're in it, it's very hard to to navigate. But to have the perspective, your perspective, and help on that, I think, could be very helpful for people. Yeah, and a lot of times when you're in it, you don't. It's hard to see um, creative solutions to things. So it's helpful. Totally, sometimes. it's it's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. So that's so great. I'm so glad you're doing work with parents, and it, you know there are silver linings in this whole horrible situation, you know, that I'm hearing about every day and to to shift that focus. And even though right now you aren't um, teaching as many of the kids' classes, I still did want to talk about that and kind of hear about uh, what your favorite part of teaching children yoga and mindfulness is. Yes, I just, I love, the age group I typically work with is about three to eight. So, um, you know, preschool and early grade school. And I just love this sense of creativity and fun and wonder in that age group. Um, I just have seen kids are just so open to trying new things. And, you know, as a grownups, we come to these, um, we come to classes and we come to these new, learning new things with these kind of preconceived ideas of what we should do or we shouldn't do or what we should look like or shouldn't look like. And I've noticed, at least in this, the age group I work with, a lot of these kids haven't learned what they should or shouldn't do yet. And so they are just willing to live in the moment and have fun. And I'm just consistently amazed at how, um, how kids can just bring silliness and laughter into these really serious subjects. I mean, we will be talking about shame and loneliness and we can still make it fun somehow. And as grownups, we just take everything so seriously. And I think everything just, um, we tend to get really um, caught up in this negative feedback loop which is how our brain is wired, that I feel like kids a lot of times are able to just see the light and the positivity in things. And when they are able to have fun and be silly and laugh, it gives me permission to also have fun. So I feel like as I'm watching, as I watch the kids um, engage in these activities, like I said, it gives me permission to kind of lighten up a little bit. And if we need to completely, you know, throw something out the window and try something else, we do that. And um, if we need to completely change the name of a pose because one kid says, hey, that looks like mermaid pose, then that's mermaid pose for the rest of the class. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to, nothing has to be perfect and put together. And 
it just really gives me that um, permission to take these really academic and spiritual and often really serious topics and just make them approachable and fun. And I just want kids to be have a really positive um, association with these practices. And so I, you know, whatever it takes to make it fun, to make it, to make them laugh, whatever that is, I'm all for it. And I love that young kids just invite that and they give us all permission to act like that. Yeah, they end up teaching us. I always say they're, they're natural yogis. Yes. And <laughs> where we're just kind of guiding them and, and just keeping them on that path. And Great. it's, yeah, they're, they, it, you always feel lighter and happier after you, you teach children. Oh, absolutely. Do you do yoga with your daughters at home? Yeah, I do. Um, so I feel like I don't really have a, what you would call like a yoga practice with them, but we do do a lot of yoga. It was a big, um, a big deal in our home. And, I think that we do a lot more of a fluid um, kind of style of yoga where we will just randomly break a pose out and um, we talk about it a lot and what that feels like and we practice different poses and um, they make up a lot of poses and um, it just is a very, it's a very big piece of kind of our family and our activities. We teach a lot of um, yoga classes to stuffed animals and Barbies and um, (laughs) my girls love being the yoga teacher. So they get their little mats out and um, teach me a lot. And I think also one of the, probably one of the most influential things that I do is I, when I practice yoga, I like to do it in front of them. And I always invite them to join me. A lot of times they do join me. And sometimes they'll pop in for five minutes and then pop out. And sometimes they don't want to. And um, But it's definitely just this thing where they see me doing it. They see me meditating a lot. Um, and it's, this very approachable um, activity in our house. It makes my heart so happy that every parent I've asked this question, they all say the same thing about how they practice yoga themselves and then their kids kind of authentically join. And that's probably the most powerful way you could do it. And just like you described as well, just kind of yoga throughout the day in, in little ways that that is led by them because when it's, when it's led by them, then they're interested. The second we try to say like, Oh, we're going to do yoga now. It, it doesn't work that way <laughs> with your own children. I found. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so great that you're practicing around them because you know, people say they learn by what we do, not what we say. So Absolutely. kids are watching you closely. Yeah. And that modeling aspect is so huge in teaching our kids these concepts. I mean, we could yes. tell them all day long, but they're going to see how we respond and how we, um, you know, the choices that we make. And so us having our own practice and us working through these skills and us messing up and being imperfect mm-hmm. and practicing self-compassion and doing that in front of our kids is just so vital in their journey as well. It is. And, and they'll let us know when we mess up so we can stay oh, humble. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter's My daughter always, yeah. Always, mom, take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to. <laughs> I know, stop. Right. <laughs> oh, they're our best teachers. Um, so, so now that we're in this situation in our a global pandemic and there's just a lot of, there's just a heightened state of stress in the world, I've been asking my guests how they're taking care of themselves. So I wanted to ask you, how are you taking care of yourself right now? Yeah, it's been hard. 
it's been a hard time <laughs> for all of us. Um, it's been hard, but it's also been really good, I feel like. Um, and I good in the way that um, I feel like, at least in my family, we're gaining some really incredible skills and perspectives. And I think probably the biggest, there's a few things come to mind, but what came to mind first of all is I have um, developed a few practices that I always kind of thought would be helpful in life and I kind of played around with, but during this pandemic, they have become my lifeline. And I have a morning practice and an evening practice, and my morning practice is um, focusing on my gratitude. And every morning I sit down and I write out what I'm grateful for and why, and that so I start my day looking at the things that I do have in my life instead of all the things that have been taken away and all the things that are scary and hard right now. And so I can just kind of start my day through that lens. And then um, my evening practice is naming my wins. And especially at the beginning when I was overnight thrown into teaching kindergarten, my daughter was in kindergarten when school shut down. Um, and... I had a three-year-old at home at the time. I was running a business, and we had about two weeks before um, the schools closed, we got an eight-week-old puppy. Um, so there was oh, a wow, lot <laughs> in my house. Um, so it was really easy at the end of the day for me to just, you know, crash and be like, oh, my gosh, look at everything I hadn't accomplished. You know, the big piles of laundry and the dishes and, you know, the times that I got frustrated with my kids and all these things that, really made me feel overwhelmed and almost depressed if I really thought about it, of how much, you know, I wasn't doing or how much our world has changed. And so I started practicing really intentionally um, naming and writing down the wins that I had at the end of the day. And, you know, even little tiny things, like maybe I texted my mom to see how she was doing, or, you know, instead of folding laundry, I sat down and played with my three-year-old, or, you know, I got an Instagram post done. And maybe that's the only work I got done all day, but I really intentionally um, counted those. And I didn't, I still am doing this. I intentionally count those little things and those little wins every single day. And it really has helped change my perspective to um, what I'm not doing and what isn't happening and what has changed to seeing that, yes, even though things look really different right now, I'm still moving forward and our family is still moving forward and we might be moving in a different direction, but we're still moving and being very intentional with that has been really helpful in my mindset. And I think another thing that has really helped help me get through this time um, and help my family get through this time and thrive is I feel like as a mom, I just have been working a lot on letting go and shifting my thinking to be really intentionally and mindfully reminding myself that, you know, it's not my job to take away all the difficulties and make it all easy for my kids. I think as parents, we have a lot of um, pressure right now on protecting our kids and protecting their hearts and their emotions, and they have a ton of change, and so do we. And, you know, it's my job to support her or support my daughters through this process not to necessarily take away the feelings, but to support them in feeling those and coping with those. And I think that I can, and also it's my job to model to my kids how to handle this really incredibly difficult phase of life. And that modeling looks like, like modeling self-care, for example. So, you know, when I 
practice self-care. I like to talk about it in front of my kids. I tell my girls like, okay, mommy is going to go take some time to meditate. And because it's important that I have my time, my, you know, I'm important as well. And my needs and my mental health is also important. And I can do that kind of stuff now because we're together all the time. Um, <laughs> so I have a lot of opportunities to model things. Um, and my husband and I have really committed to talking a lot more in front of them and being more vulnerable um, with our emotions, and our processes. And um, I mean, there's a lot of things that are really hard to kind of grasp and process right now and um, that are really confusing and sad. And so we talk about that a lot instead of kind of being this like, oh, I'm going to be my kids rock and never struggle. We've really committed to being more vulnerable and inviting our kids into our process in an age-appropriate way, of course. But I feel like it takes a lot of that pressure off of me and my family as well, that um, that we can be imperfect and vulnerable in front of them. And it's been really amazing because I feel like even my girls who are four and six, I mean, they're little, I have noticed that they show more grace with me and more empathy. And we have this kind of teamwork feeling that we're all in it together. And it just kind of gives us permission to all be struggling, which ironically kind of makes the struggle less hard, I guess. Um, and that I feel like is something that has been an intentional practice. And that's a pretty new way of being for me and my family since the pandemic. And it's been really powerful. And I hope that that is something that us life, you know, gets back to whatever normal will be at one point. I hope that that's kind of a way of being in a mindset that we continue take into our future yeah it it's comforting even to hear it to kind of hear that permission to just honor your own feelings when like you said as a mom sometimes I know I feel like oh yeah you got to make everything perfect for them and you know what it's not perfect so and they're, and they're feeling it too. And that's the other thing. I think it would be scarier for children for us not to be talking about it and it to be this kind of thing that they're noticing but aren't sure what's happening. And so I just think that's wonderful that you've been intentional about that and are modeling that for your kids. Yeah, and if you think about like my, um, kind of my vision is to create a more compassionate and resilient next generation. And I mean, how is resilience formed? Like you need to resilience is formed through struggle. And so if we never give our kids an opportunity to struggle, then they never learn that they can get through struggle. They never have practice um, seeing and using um, resilience and using coping techniques. And it's not always going to work. And they need a lot of handholding in the, you know, through it all. But we have to give our kids those opportunities to struggle and then succeed and also struggle and not succeed and be okay with that too. Yes, exactly. Love that. I always like to end each episode with a little kids yoga gem. So for you, if you can offer one piece of advice to someone new to kids yoga or mindfulness, what would it be? Hmm, let's see. I think my, my advice would be that it doesn't matter how skilled you are. It doesn't matter what background you have. If you've never practiced yoga, if you don't even know what yoga is, none of that matters. You can do it with your kids. Anybody can. Anybody can incorporate these um, these skills and these practices into their family. And, you know, how you can do that is just give yourself permission to have fun with your kids. I know I've been talking a lot about permission today, but um, 
that, you know, you can, like, for example, I, I talked about making up silly names. Like, you don't have to know the names of all the poses in order to do them. You don't even have to be doing the right poses. Like, just that mindful movement, that connection. Um, invite your kids into the process and just trust yourself as a parent and your heart. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you already are interested in um, exposing your kids to these techniques. And so trust yourself and your heart in that and that you know your kids best. And if you feel like, oh, my kid isn't really connecting to this practice, great, change it, do something else. And allow yourself permission to just be with them and make it a good experience. And remember that you are planting seeds for the future. And it doesn't matter if it all works out perfectly right now. The, the point is, is that you are planting those, scenes, those seeds, you're laying down those neural connections, and you're just setting your kids up um, in this environment to grow in the future and trusting that that the work that you're putting in now and the intention you're putting in now, your kids will benefit from that, even if it's a long time down the road. So trust yourself, do it, be brave, and be silly with them and allow yourself to be learning and failing alongside them. I love that. I love that. So I know people are going to want to find out more about you. So can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, so you find me on Instagram. So I am on Instagram right now. Um, you're not right now. I will be on Instagram. Um, at You can just find me at Wondergrade. And I also have a website, um, which is just wondergrade.com. And on the website, there is a little um, sign-up place that you can sign up to get updates on the app. So you can get, if you're interested in the app, that's a good place to get um, sign up so you can hear about when it launches and kind of hear about our journey as we continue to make content. Um, there's also information there on coaching and some classes that I offer. Um, and then you can also email me at Christy, which is K-R-I-S-T-I at wondergrade.com if you have any other questions. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and for talking and let's definitely stay in touch. I want to see um, how your journey goes. I'll be following along. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've listened before, there are a few ways that you can help this podcast to keep going. So first you can click subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave a rating and a review. This will help more people find the podcast you can follow us on social media at the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and the Kids Yoga Podcast on Facebook. You can also email me. I love to hear your questions, comments, feedback. The Kids Yoga Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>